edition 198 it is multiversity proper with jonathan and i and paul join the team as we explore a spiritual psychosocial experiment multiversity properly this time with jonathan and i and paul welcome and uh, well met happy to be here with you guys so jonathan uh paul what's up and i jonathan i just is wanted new. to say thank you for the introduction yes I, uh, I, and i'm curious to see what's gonna happen that's the nature of alchemy baby so we'll kind of pick your brain in a second but something we tend to do on uh the podcast is introduce with uh major arcana of the tarot card resonating uh this is 198 i can't believe we're almost at 200 episodes um 198 reduces down to nine which is the alien, or in this deck, it's the hermit card, though, ultimately. Um, if you've ever seen uh, Led Zeppelin, <laughs> Jimmy Page always kind of did hermit card stuffs. In any event, uh, this is about, in this deck, it's called the alien. I bring back knowledge from distant places. Very appropriate intro music, given that uh, resonator already. The alien or hermit card, knowing your worth, you are perfect the way you are, being free, seeking answers within you, going deeper and understanding more of the universe, and taking the time to do something you've never done before. Um, Raphael, what would the angel card be? You know what time and place it is when speaking of the human experience is described as alien, though I can perfectly understand your sentiment, Jim. So we got the angel number 12. It is the angel Hahaya, the angel of refuge and shelter. This angel takes a strong stance against opponents and brings revelations, especially in dreams, reveals the hidden mysteries. The correspondence in the tarot is the seven of pentacles. We got Hokma, the musical note D, Taurus, Saturn, Earth. The Latin name for this angel is Deus Refugium, God the Refuge. And the affirmation is I let go of my expectations and cultivate patience. So out of curiosity, gentlemen, um, between those two cards, anything pop out at y'all? Well, spontaneously, both beautiful. I resonate with both uh, the alien or extraterrestrial or whatever you want to call is for me is uh, the representation of the unknown of the not yet. So everything that is there to explore human potential, if you want so. And uh, the the angel 12 is, of course, resonating and taking into uh, reflection the fact of, uh, I would say, um, quantum physical time experience of self. So we're here and now, we have full access to our remembrance and we have full access to our imagination. And this is how we how tomorrow is happening today in creation in imagination that's what's up paul or jonathan i'm happy with that i was gonna say the end of the uh, hermit card was doing something you've never done before i'm not sure if you've ever done a podcast jonathan but that might uh, be something that's appropriate of the moment i think you're right i have the intuition uh so we've it's had... funny oh, go ahead paul that you 
May I add something? I just want to thank you, Andy, for this pristine and marvelous resonance that you expressed. And I can just second that. And just because you mentioned intuition, Jim, I just also drew a card and it was actually intuition from the dragon deck. And then I want to read one more card about the galactic core because I think it's perfectly aligned with the time of the year that we are in with the um, Jule is the Celtic term for this astrological t event that is happening tomorrow but we have a card that's called Galactic Core pulls of life from a parallel dimension and it says like a great galactic clock the galaxy's core calibrates the rhythm of the evolution of consciousness through its wave emissions. Ancient civilizations such as the Maya were fully connected to it and were able to plot a galactic calendar using this window wisdom. All life, including you, can feel this pulse from the core. Look out into the night sky and connect with the dark spot in the Milky Way. Let yourself breathe in this energy, resetting you to the natural pulse of the universe. You cannot rush evolution. This is the card of trust. Let go and allow the universe to work through you. What's funny is that uh, my mom's birthday is tomorrow. Uh, so she's like a last degree, 29 degree uh, Sagittarius. And that is where the galactic center is, which is what this card is talking about. This, like in the Mayans kind of understood this you know, cosmic wave emissions or however you want to put it, uh, coming from the galactic core, like you're saying. So we are very much in tune with the cards uh, that is appropriate to right now literally not any other time of the year so um we've had paul and Andy on last time so we kind of kind of drive by uh, an understanding of who they are jonathan welcome to the fold um if you want to be brief or long-winded your choice but kind of tell us uh who you are where you're at and what you're all about uh i'm a visual artist and i earn money by translating stuff about the arts and architecture from german to english i've been here in vienna for over 30 years I came here because it was the cheapest place in Europe at the time, full of empty space with an amazing infrastructure. Um, I speak fluent German, as I suppose I should. And um, I have a wonderful life and a little boy. That's lovely. I'm an art history uh, dropout of multiple universities, so I can totally appreciate kind of the angle of approach that you're describing. Um, how did you get into, uh, what kind of translations were you doing from German into English? Uh, what was, you know, what kind of education are you coming from to be doing that? And you're saying you're a visual artist. Did you even go to school or did you kind of just do the bohemian thing? Uh, the translation is pretty special. I, I used to write, there was an English newspaper and eventually I was the culture editor of that. I started off by doing a column on off, off space stuff. And then, yeah, that moved into translation, which is far less time consuming when the newspaper folded. So I'd written a lot, got jobs, and I've just been doing it for 30 years. And then the art thing, yeah, I did go to the Angavanta for two weeks, but then the class, I didn't really have time for what was happening there. But a year later, I got a call from the students in the class that they were getting together to talk about what to do because there were some problems there. And then I ended up being involved with these students for three years in a thing called the Friar class, though, which was pretty interesting. I learned an awful lot. We basically had the budget that a professor would have got and chose who we wanted to come and talk to us about various things they were doing for, yeah, for three years. 
That's awesome. That's very atypical. I'm very lucky. I've had a very atypical experience here, although the very first time I came was in a way totally supratypical. It was to a friend of a friend in Germany was coming here to record somebody playing the Internationale on the Zitter and lived in Karl Marxhof, and he wanted company for the drive. Well, we'll have to get you on here as well as Andi for your own episodes just to kind of uh, peel back the layers of who thou art. Uh, it sounds like you've had, like you're saying, a rich and um, serendipitous existence. So I look forward to that if you're down. Uh, we'll have to, you'll have to see how you feel after the end of this kind of conversation. I'm not going to hold you to it, but I would love to have uh, you on and just pick your brain sometime and recollect the history of your life. Um, is there any type of art that you're specializing in or prefer? <clears throat> I have a particular passion for the capacity of art to inspire, actually. And so what I do tends to be, I used to make paintings and I, I stopped doing that. It's too much stuff. Now what I do is I, I, I suspend threads that draw in the space. Very cool. I, I actually have some uh, mental references of things I've seen on the internet with uh, people kind of doing um not looms particularly but almost like deconstructed looms like you're saying kind of um expressing dimensionality with uh not yarn but like i guess twine or string or something colored strings very cool stuff uh we'll have like i said have to get you on here so um i want to know i guess and whoever wants to talk first can amongst y'all um how you're speaking of threads how do the three single strands get woven into one uh between you guys yeah, so this is maybe a good uh, moment to make an introduction here about what multiversity is and uh, where this whole thing is coming from and where is it, uh, where it is heading. Can you hear me well? Very much so. Go for it. Wonderful. Okay. Um, so I was uh, invited after I came to this planet to get involved with fine arts and I studied fine arts and after that education, which brought me <clears throat> over through through other events in my life to Vienna and to, to teach in communication strategies at the Academy of Advertising for six years, um, where I got in contact with the real impulses that make people want to know things, you know? And uh, this is in short term after I um, resigned from the academy and thought about a better way to to teach and learn in one um, this idea of multiversity came more and more obvious as a way to go and to explore uh, the bottom uh, line of this is um, something that dates back into the time of the 60s where the uh, Explorer Society as a school class was discovered in the States, for example, in summer academies. And Montessori is uh, uh, kind of incorporating that as well as many other uh, pedagogical approaches. The, the basic idea is <clears throat> anybody who is curious to explore comes with some exceptional findings, things that surprise the person, no matter what age. And this excitement is the indication that this individual is very much in, onto something. So whoever is uh, in contact with this person in a loving way will become a facilitator. It starts with the teachers and it doesn't end with the, with the relatives of the kid, for example, or your friends and family. So what we do is um, we just 
trust, this excitement, and even if we cannot see what this person is sensing, we know that it's something real. That is the multiversal approach because everybody has something within him or herself which is so unique that it wants to be discovered and nobody else can understand. So we need to develop a collective understanding of uh, the importance of this individual impulse, which can be channeled and then uh, brought to objectivity by orienting. Because whenever you find something that is super exciting, you will investigate further. And you get to a point where you ask yourself, what have others done to the, about this, you know? So you will sooner or later find out anything that's relevant for you that anybody in your time and humanity and also in the past has discovered about what you are so excited about. So whatever you find out next will be something that is not only new to you, uh, it is also new to everybody else. And this is how the split in between individual um, oneness and uniqueness is um, transformed into the understanding that it is one, you know? When we really push that far and society is at a, at a level of consciousness that we can do that, um, I think the kind of the matrix that we're talking about here is the idea of biodiversity. So everybody has a version of truth, and every version of truth is true. And this has been proven by the quantum physical experiments of the last decade. So we're not talking speculatively, we're not talking esoterically, we're talking really. And we want to make it real. So the two uh, main tools of the multiversity are for now, which is a, a concept that we're applying in a room in Vienna, in the Bocasa 20, in the 7th district, um, is that there is a, a space for imagination, which we called the multiversal playroom. And then there is a place to apply it, and this is the multiversal living room. So these two tools are mental tools. They don't need to be physical. They are here in this place. We proceed it and we explore it and we develop it in talks where every individual comes with, uh, with one's uh, very individual kind of excitement about whatever it is. And then we're, we're taking it from there. So we channel it, we uh, give additional information, we support uh, whatever this person is sensing and uh, objectivize it, um, bring it to a human kind of consciousness level and investigate further from there. So it's a supporting strategy. The playroom is for imagination. It's for entertaining thoughts. And once the thoughts are entertained, you can go anywhere because the mind can go anywhere. There's no moral borders, there's no physical borders, there's no time because you can be on Saturn just with a swap of your mind, right? We know that. And back again, and here we are. Okay, this is how quick the mind is, yeah? So now we're talking um, that the mind and the body are, are one, they're the best friends, they are they are one, yeah? so they cannot do without each other. The sensory system of the body is informing us about our existence. And we couldn't be um, quantum physical self-reflective if we wouldn't have the consciousness of this very, 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 very worthy connect connection that we have. That's why we're here now on this planet. Yeah? So from there, we take it into life. We take our findings into life and we apply them first to ourselves, then to our people, 
and then maybe to everybody. And this is what everybody can do. So there is no entrance exam here. Okay, and now I give the word to the others. Thank you. All right, and just before I maybe forget it again, especially because I think it wasn't brought up yet, I believe that the very first time I entered the multiversal playground, I had to, you know, like step over some things because an animal was or potentially still is living there. Would you expand on that a little bit also to give reference for Jim and the obvious synchronicity that I'm referring to? So it involves a rabbit. I, I think okay, it involves joy. Is it about joy? Yes, indeed. Okay, so it has been mentioned, but still, you may lay it out again. No, I, just I, because I have, it's I literally like falling it. through I, the I looking have, glass. I have met joy, this little cute animal, the, the rabbit. So all I want to say, just once again, it's a rabbit. Okay, this is Team Rabbit, all obvious. And also, again, the puka are the nature spirits within uh, Sasani lore that are basically there to kind of yeah lead you down to rabbit hole can be quite mischievous but ultimately are there to well assist you of course as every relationship to learn more about yourself and it's just not every day that you enter a studio and there's like a rabbit uh, running around that's literally named joy so yeah maybe someone yeah, listening can see the things yeah, Rafael, I, I, I remember the first time you came here and, and Joe was already in the house. Uh, you just said, well, no wonder there is a rabbit here. <laughs> and it's kind of funny to me that uh, its name is Joy, which is also kind of another way of saying highest excitement. Exactly. And it's the confirmation of your assumptions that's the most important. Because a very dear friend of mine told me what he found out in life, he is in his early 60s now, is that if it's no joy, then you must have overseen something. And that brings us back to multiversal awareness. All right, perfect. So now, basically, I believe Jim's question was how all of you had connected, no? Am I right, Jim? Right, yes. uh, how the yes. threads link up. Go for it. Maybe I'll start how I discovered this beautiful playground, the multiversity. Where mm. to start? Maybe I should mention I am a student of cultural and social anthropology. Um, and actually, because Andy mentioned the Montessori, I went to a Montessori um, primary school. So I was kind of... I actually was first put into a regular school and then after the first week um, I must have shouted and well got angry so much that my parents decided to put me into another school and there I was happy it was like really great to experience this type of learning where you're free to um, learn by yourself and experience this profound approach to to pedagogics mm, but I don't want to get too much into that so I just say that while in university I always felt like mm, there's gotta be more than this to studying and so it was a lucky coincidence that I got to 
expand my knowledge and my curiosity also in this multiversal playground. Mm. Yeah, and I had the honor of being there for mm, some time. I think me and Koi were the two students that spent the most time there. If we speak of students, like the two people that got the beautiful opportunity to be there for a longer amount of time would be the better way to say it. Mm. And oh, I was kind of wrong. You met yet, though. It didn't answer how, how we met. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to kind of open up the space um, of how the universe allowed me to meet because if I was already like fully um, booked in a sense just by studying at university I wouldn't have had the space and in my life to, to meet and I and to meet uh, the multiversity and it sounds so, like Montessori school kind of played into at least you being aware of the vibration that they're going after um, I'm not an expert on education systems by any means, but I'm guessing, I mean, the best way I could put it is Montessori school is essentially philosophically the exact opposite of Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> it's like you're not just another brick in the wall. You're not just getting shoved through a curriculum. Um, it doesn't, I mean, it's more about like feel your way through education and like, uh, and I was saying kind of see what sparks their interest and then further fuel that fire as opposed to just like, you know, meet a standard and get through or whatever. Right. Exactly. And and this is also giving us a, a different uh, understanding of how to approach uh, so-called weirdness, you know, because the uh, the word strange in English is giving us a, a very good indication that if we pause by ex uh, by expressing it and say st range, you will find that there's a range in strange. So we have the potential to understand how much uniqueness there is on this planet by by understanding more and more viewpoints perspectives of people you know so we we kind of we fall in love with a person and we become this person and we are really looking through the eyes and walking in her shoes and so we have this perspective and then we become the other and then we become the next other and the next other and the next other there's so many perspectives and altogether this is uh, really embracing this uh, experience of oneness that we have. So a conversation is about embracing what is building up in between us. It's not about any one of us that is involved in this conversation right here, right now. It is about what we sense uh, viewing the perspective of where we are here, the level of consciousness we have, and how we can apply the potential we have, you know? So I like to compare it with a traveler's mindset. If you go on a trip and <clears throat> you go somewhere where you've never been before, you prepare your mind because you know that you will see things that you will have never seen before. So you cannot expect the unexpected while you can very well prepare yourself to look exactly there where you don't know yet. And this is the traveler's mindset. And I think it's very essential for the explorer's mindset. It's, it's a vital element of this, you know? So we're working a lot with that. 
And if you like, we can together do a little experiment online right here, right now. Are you interested? Definitely. Okay. Okay, so I would like you guys to close your eyes and imagine the last time you were walking around wherever, in Vienna, on your last vacation, wherever you have been, with this open mind, with this looking around, with this curiosity, without expectation, this momentum of total awareness that anything that would come to you right now, to your awareness, would spark a response and you would go for it. And I want you to remember the last time that this happened. Spontaneously, don't dig too far, whatever comes up. A surprising event in your very recent past. And please let me know when you have it, take your time, okay? I've had the mindset quite often, quite recently, but I haven't had any uh, incidents during the walk, which is a mix of Vienna and COVID, I think. Uh, any experience that you might have had, no matter how long ago, the first one that comes to your mind, a surprising encounter with a human, with an animal, with the landscape, with anything. So I live in up. I live up in Colorado, up in the kind of middle of nowhere. Um, so I don't really go into town particularly, which isn't far away. It was established in 1885 or something. Um, small town called Buena Vista, and um, it's, we're surrounded by um, 14,000 foot mountains called the Collegiate Peaks. So it kind of looks like Mongolia or Tibet, where I am essentially. In any event, we, I live on a lake, and I was walking my brother's girlfriend's dog. Uh, Joey, who's a really cool dog, and I don't remember what had just happened. I think I had finished a seven, um, a uh, little. Uh, this is probably it was the last few days. Uh, recently, I just did the Sudguru inner engineering thing, which I thought was cool. And I was kind of walking around and looking up at the mountains, uh, probably having just talked to my brother or somebody about election results or <laughs> COVID or any number of things that he's more interested in. And I went out with Joey and I was kind of looking around and I was just like looking into these hills because some of the mountains are like massive, like, you know, mountains. And then on, on the other side of the valley, it looks more like Arizona or New Mexico, like kind of rounded boulder stuffs more as opposed to like gigantic mountains. And I was just looking around being like, it's so bizarre. People, I mean, it just hit me the history of the place, I guess, in a weird way. Whereas like um, people... It's cold here right now, like very chilly, like minus six or whatever in the morning and windy. Um, and uh, it just hit me kind of like not only how bizarre it is that people chose to come up here for various reasons. Like this isn't like a, it's a it's not a place people would normally live. <laughs> like they had to want to come here kind of thing. It's because of expansion and like finding gold and, you know, uh, Pony Express kind of stuffs like that. Um and ultimately, it was just very humbling to see all these mountains and be like, they've, they've seen a lot of administrations. <laughs> they've seen a lot of uh, human rising and falling. They're still here. Uh, and just kind of seeing the constancy of it. But then also, we have a lot of wild animals, like families of deer, magpies, sometimes, you know, hawks and eagles, things like that. Um, just around while I'm walking Joey, and we've been running into deer. And just, 
I bow at the deer. It's kind of bizarre. I mean, I'm a vegan, so it doesn't surprise me, but it's like I try to make them feel not freaked out by, a, a, you know, a wolf ancestor and a human coming up on them because sometimes there's like bucks with families. And it's like, I don't know if they'll try to charge or whatever. So that's kind of the last moment where I was out kind of musing and more of an open way of being open to the environment in such a way that it painted with me as opposed to me just kind of trudging through it, if that makes sense. Totally. <clears throat> this is amazing, my friend. Uh, it reminds me of an experience that I had in the mountains. <clears throat> a friend of mine took me for a walk, a hike in the mountains, and he told me that... What? Uh, one second, please. Do your thing. I guess in the meantime, um, Jonathan or Paul or Raphael, did any of y'all have any imaginings stir for his little exercise? Well, the best one I got uh, was recently recorded, uh, the episode with Melissa. I mean, one of the best ones. So yeah, I'll just refer to that. I was actually thinking that podcasts make me feel this way. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm opening oh, up sure. to it. You know, it feels this way. Um, he was talking more about like, I guess, physically, but yeah, no, it's even with Znor, like I was like, I didn't know where that was going to go. Uh, no podcast do I ever really know where it's going to go. So there's the spirit of this kind of entrenched in the mechanism of what we're doing here. But um, yeah, it's strange. I don't remember. I, it's, it's, it's nice not being in a pop heavily populated area. There's, you know, people wearing masks when they shop or whatever, but basically I'm in a, massive national park essentially um there's people i mean there's neighborhoods and stuff but it's I, it reminds me uh how privileged i am quite frankly even though i'm not like you know uh, it's 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 hard i'm in a cold room Raphael knows and uh without heat and um you know what i found so so oh, amazing cool. about Bye. your observation was that you had the the perception that you were painting this landscape while you were walking it so you were involved in its creation and this is what I what what we can call the quantum physical self, because um, you a part of yourself is observing you walking through this landscape and perceiving it, and the act of perception is an act of creation. There is no world without you perceiving it, and this is the whole point of multiversity in a way, because. Every single one of us has a, has a different momentum when and where and how he or she or it experiences this very involvement of co-creation. And this is what we're talking. This is unique, my friend. This is, this is something that you can embrace and that you can work with. Because if nature gives you this, this connection, then this is the place to start. And I'll say, for the, like I was saying, I just did this like kind of inner engineering thing. So getting into breath, meditation, kind of bigger thinking, you know, yogic systems thinking, um, that attributed it to a little, just like getting into alm, alming a bunch, feeling it through your body. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible to feel it, but I think there is something to be said about biochemically, you know, psychologically calming oneself and getting into a place of spaciousness internally that allows these moments to be more rich. It's not that you can't experience this in a jostling city, but I we tend to get into very reactive uh, prefrontal cortex kind of identify, you know, and um, it can be very, it can be kind of like uh, shallow, fast paced and taxing mentally to, you know, in that state. And it's not wrong, but what you're kind of trying to express is something where it's like people felt connected with the environment in a way that was beyond um, like 
you know, just ripping through the environment on, on the way, you know, from A to B. Uh, it's not more like, you know, every step is kind of a magical moment potentially. And who knows, the Cheshire Cat might show up or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, this breathing thing is, is really amazing because we have through breathing a, a very factual experience that we exchange among all of each other the same air. We share one breath, you know, and this is very powerful. That's why these breathing exercises are so informing. So um, I'm curious, uh, and I, Jonathan or Paul, if you guys have anything to contribute in terms of the exercise, we don't have to keep uh, going over it, but and I'm great. I'm glad that we did it, uh, but I don't want to be the only one saying what I thought. Yeah, please. You're right. Me too. I'm curious what uh, what Paul and, and and Jonathan come up with. I can't remember while I'm listening. It doesn't work for me. I'm not capable of that that way of splitting myself. It doesn't matter. Um, Paul. For me, there were many memories that came up and I can't quite choose which one to share now. Okay, I, I suggest it's just the strongest, any one that comes up to your mind first. It doesn't matter. The selection is not yours. It's the impulse that counts, you know? Well, okay, could you... So, the way I understood this was to find a memory where there was a spontaneous impulse in a sense, that was the task, was it? Right, whatever uh, <clears throat> made you feel something extraordinary. Okay, then I may choose to share a memory that is mm, maybe not the strongest one, but the one that is most connected to the, to the task at Great. hand. And so it was when I was walking through the city of Vienna recently, um, I think it was within the past six months, and I just went from A to B, from place to place, and it was energetically for me, also quantum physically, I think there is a strong connection between those two, but that's another topic. Um, so I felt a strong energy in the city also because of these Corona times and it was kind of bringing me down. It was so much dense energy and I'm really sensitive um, to, to these kind of things. So I went through the city and I don't know why, but I had this impulse to just... I saw a sign that says Evangelische Trinitatis Kirche. And so I went there. And by coincidence, not only was the church open at the time, but there was actually a... Um, a messe. A... A fair. Exactly, a fair. And so I went into the church and it was really profound. 
um, for me. I started crying somehow. Just entering the building, I felt such a relief that my body just started crying. And it was, it was very... like a, a acceptance, maybe? Yeah, cleansing experience. And, and somehow feeling shielded from from the city it was like entering a new world in a sense in a way to to have this contrast in between the noise of this city and the cars and although there were not so many cars as usually because of corona but still the city is so loud and um, and when i went into the church building i was like feeling this quiet calm energy and somehow this quality of being held and supported and all this what I had going on that day I had a lot of stuff to do to help friends here and there and it kind of washed away wow sounds like a very peaceful place you two a place full of acceptance and tolerance and forgiveness to self yes. and to others so this is a very powerful experience huh? do you Indeed. experience do you experience this uh, this level of acceptance and togetherness with uh, your chosen ones with your very chosen friends usually i do mm. i am at the moment also in a process of kind of sorting through my chosen ones because i trusted too easily in the past and some people that I thought were friends are not so much friends for me anymore. Um, <clears throat> and I do experience this on some levels with, with chosen people. Though lately I kind of miss some of my friends. You know what? This experience you told about just sounds like uh, you experienced that you gave yourself permission to trust yourself fully and accept yourself fully. And this is a, a meditative state of mind because uh, the mind has no, knows no contradictions. The mind is uh, fully <clears throat> engaged in, in love. Uh, the mind is searching for <clears throat> things that he can love and and embracing that and entertaining these thoughts because we're collecting thoughts mostly you know and and with these thoughts we can work um and and what we developed in the multiversity um as a as a mental guideline that the mind loves the love matters and matter reminds we can apply it because this this kind of uh, acceptance and and uh, momentum that you have for yourself in a meditative state is allowing us to look much further because we are not limited to physical uh, limitations. The mind is not, so the imagination is not. So you can imagine anything and there's no right or wrong because anything that is imaginable may exist for the time imagined. And once we accept that, we have an incredible potential. We don't have to go too far down this idea, but what Paul was saying kind of made me wonder. We've discussed it lately um, in terms of um, path of least resistance and kind of acceptance um, when he was describing that like he had come into contact with people that he didn't prefer, essentially, 
uh, which is a learning experience in and of itself. I'm kind of curious what y'all's opinions on, um, uh, I don't know how to put it, I guess, um, in some abstract way, the people that Paul was manifesting and they were manifesting him in their reality at that time. So it's all good. Um, but yet he felt like um, there was a lesson that wasn't being suited by those co-actors on the stage or whatever and sought out other people. I'm kind of wondering what y'all's uh, impressions are of, um, you know, tribal distinction, inclusivism, um, accepting people that are an even antithetical to your perspective, how that looks. Uh, uh, in in light, even like in Montessori school, I'm imagining you know kids who get along go in one corner, and other kids who get along in a different way go in. You know the engineers are not probably hanging out with the poetic types as much or whatever. You know like vibe attracts tribe kind of thing. Uh, any thoughts on that kind of uh, extension there? Oh, totally. There is a time for unity, and there is a time for um, <clears throat> what let's say to face the own demons. And for me personally, I understand. I'm understanding better and better that there are no others. Uh, I am the others. We are the others. The others are us. So whatever offends us is is a mirror, is something that uh, we will sooner or later have to face. While we are equipped with free will and through this, we can decide when this is going to happen up to a certain degree. Thank you for this up to a certain degree. I completely agree on that. Yeah, yeah it seems we, that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, this headroom is is what we call free will and freedom. We're still part of this universe, and if we lose the understanding of of the connectedness with all, we uh, lose our freedom as well. So, freedom is a border, as Simone Weil says. Um, slavery as well. The truth lies in between for every single one of us, very individually. I'm wondering, Raphael or Jonathan, if you guys have any thoughts on this, just because uh, I don't think it's like a wrong answer. I'm just kind of curious. Um, it's very easy, like Pink Floyd has a song called Us and Them, to like kind of go with people you vibe with and agree with, which I think is healthy to a point. Uh, but then that's how, you know, tribalism and kind of segregation occurs after a point. Um, and, you know, exclusivism and favoritism and all this kind of stuff that is natural to the process of evolution given Kali Yugas and you know, human frailty and all this kind of stuff. But it seems that uh, even some of the hardest lessons are, uh, the most important lessons aren't always the easiest. <laughs> like I've definitely had situations um, when I, uh, even just like in middle school, for example, I was teased at some point and it shut me down emotionally. So I just pulled out of school entirely and just played Final Fantasy VII, like a video game for six months with a tutor. Wow, just, which like, age? Uh, I was like 13 or 14 or something like that. Cool. But yeah, not very fun at the time. But I mean, ultimately, it was like they were being cruel and unkind, and I wasn't tough-skinned enough at the time to deal with it. I'm not really saying it's my fault or their fault in that sense. They were expressing an energy that I wasn't capable of dealing with. I guess you picked, um, you picked a peaceful path, man. You could have fought, and and you didn't. Oh, I have Mars and uh, Mercury in twelfth house, Cancer, which doesn't mean much to you, but it's like I am. I I can talk my way through anything, but I'm not going to blow. You know, it takes lot to get me to want to punch somebody or something i just rather walk away and just be passive aggressive personally in any event i guess my question kind of is uh especially Raphael, i'm kind of wondering what bashar would say in terms of um you know 
given a difference i mean i'm thinking of the galactic heritage cards more where it's talking about you know like uh people trying to force alchemies at times when it wasn't appropriate leads the pleiadians to have a a, a planet blow up or whatever the story is saying um versus um kind of the pulse of life and that founders card and the galactic heritage card are saying like all these stories are separations of experience um but if we get caught up too much in them we're just like you're saying fighting yourself um i don't i don't know i'm just kind of curious what you guys thoughts are in terms of because what paul, when paul gave that story the thing that was coming out to me was like interesting i wonder what gold would have happened had he stuck with those people that he found less can like on his wave versus like would he have been torturing himself needlessly like stockholm syndrome himself in a french that was like ultimately draining his soul where's the differentiated differentiation between you know how does one discern when something's um helpful but hard versus you know uh, you know hard and not benefiting ultimately or something like that well i may say something to that because for me it was the point to realize that it's absolutely not necessary to be a martyr and i also want to add to the thing you said that because you mentioned pink floyd and us and them i had a time in my life where for i don't know about a year or so i completely erased this concept from my consciousness and i was just living in unity consciousness and it then brought me to the realization that actually it is necessary to have this kind of concept of us and them while at the same time, on a higher dimensional density, there is no difference between us and them. But for our human experience, and for me, as for me, myself, it is really important to distinguish, or I had to relearn to distinguish between us and them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this actually touches almost exactly on a moment in the idea of multiverse that particularly appeals to me, and that's living with discernment and acceptance. Can you elaborate discernment? Discernment is where I feel that drawn to some things and less to others. Oh, I see. Could we call, is it, is it legit from your point of view to call that con, con, uh, compassion? No idea. I think the difference between compassion and discernment is discernment is the quality of the individual to discern and to choose in a sense. So this is where free will comes in and compassion is more of a unconditionality ah. okay thank you now i understand the word thank you and it's funny because the art of the episode is the hermit card but it's also the alien so on the one hand hermit the whole point is like i'm going to set myself apart almost like montessori school where it's like i'm going to go in my cave and do my thing you guys do your own thing but the whole point of the alien energy is to flip that and be like tell us what you found in that isolation don't just stay isolated um so it seems there's a both ends to it where it's like you need time to like involute you know go inward and all this kind of stuff involve yourself um involutionarily i'm trying to think of the right word but like with it go within go within go within and then 
it somehow should at some point in various degrees, depending on people's natal charts, astrologically or temperaments and all sorts of stuff, DNA culture, um, spit back out. Um, and it seems there's a kind of a, a dance to that. Um, but Raphael, did you have any ideas in terms of what we're talking about regarding Bashar or galactic kind of flavorings? Well, you asked about the differentiation between if it's, well, whether a, a challenge is ultimately positive or negative, because I guess that's where people easily get confused when then you say way of least resistance. What that means. Well, like if the nothing. lesson is presenting itself or like is skipping class, okay. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like, so sometimes you're just like, oh well, shit, I'm not ready class. for this. Right? It's a class right. I can skip. We cannot skip classes. Because you, all the classes you can skip, in a sense, can't be real classes, you know? Just like all the supposed laws you can break can't be real laws. <laughs> or we convince ourselves that we can avoid something in the Beautiful moment, but the energy, uh, the energy like manifests somewhere else. Like you're saying, the lesson can't be avoided, but it seems like, for example, like I avoided those mean kids at that, in that instance. And actually, it was probably for the best. I got very into... Um, one of the best video games of all time with a great soundtrack, all this cool stuff. So, it was, And that's actually when I found guitar, which I'm a guitarist. So a lot of good came out of it, right, but ultimately right. I still had to learn the lesson eventually that like standing up for myself, not letting mean people win just because of, you know, aggression, whatever, dominance and stuff. Sure. Well, um, in a simple way, uh, Bashar would say all excitement leads to a lot of excitement and the main discernment, as also Bill Hicks echoes, it's always the same thing fear or love because it can be hard and then, then you know it's really a matter of coming to know yourself on all levels you know belief systems spiritually emotionally physically to really regain a sense of yourself which unfortunately many to varying degrees me included you know have been disconnected from or felt disconnected from that's ultimately you know something that no one can ever tell you or give you this or that straight guideline it's uh, you know you can approach these understandings what is an action out of fear what is an action out of love and then you know the degree of challenge or if it appears difficult doesn't really matter if you're excited to do it if you feel that's what you're really drawn to then obviously you don't really care and then you could even apply ideas such as again way of least resistance understanding that you can do things in a sense for example skip, skip class suppose it and sleep in or uh, for example, in your case, even uh, choose not to confront whatever situation that particular way. Ra, in this case, would say, well, you're continually presented with catalyst and you are being asked to polarize and to use up the catalyst. And uh, by staying undecided, it would just, the catalyst would increase and you would kind of like, you know, um, you know, swim along or something. Here, some even say, anyhow, the universe is slightly positive. So still, you would be drawn towards the positive, even though you're completely unconscious of what you're even doing. But the main thing, again, is it's not about you get one challenge, oh, are you going to smack him, you know? But it's about, do you take the catalyst and then make a choice? And you obviously chose the road of, you know, self-love uh, through whatever permission slips and following your excitement in a different way. And that's also then why ultimately you could resolve the situation um, in, you know, a, a way that is, I would say, you know, in a sense, beneficial for all, if that makes sense. And yeah, something yeah. that we haven't talked about really is like, it's the card, I mean, to say the cards are stacked against us is kind of 
victimization mentality, but with, I don't know about y'all's presuppositions, but given like the nature of time with yugas and stuff, it's like, it's been a very dense time for a long time with a lot of bad programming. We've had to learn it. It's necessary, it seems, for the species evolution and for consciousness to explore all the little alleyways of being. Um, but it seems that for a long time, in a weird way, like self-hate, self, you know, not accepting of self, um, that spills out onto others. I mean, that seems why there's such a shit show largely when people don't know. I mean, this is why right, the right. engineering stuff matters where it's like, if you kind of come to a calming place where your uh, parasympathetic nervous system is triggered essentially, instead of just your nervous system, which requires kind of certain types of breathing, you're going to necessarily be in a modality that's different than most monkeys on the, on the rock, just to put it bluntly. So it's like, I think for a long time we've all, I mean, you know, mass, we have a culture that's go, 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 go. Um, whether it's entertainment industries or caffeine or, um, you know, news influx or whatever. And we're so stimulated that I think we're almost in trauma, like all of us anyway, right? And the yuga is hard. If you want to put it that way, it's like good is evil and evil is good. Like nobody really likes good righteousness in a sense. And then in a sense, it's like a, a lot more people. It's kind of like Vanity Fair and uh, Pilgrim's Progress. Like a lot of people want to watch Jerry Springer and watch the fucking machine burn more recently it seems ever since maybe 2012 in my opinion the seeds were kind of sown in the 60s uh but they even kind of got it wrong in a way we're all fumbling through it but it seems like um i'm rambling sorry it seems like uh something's turning where people are willing to be honest with themselves and if we're honest with ourselves we can actually extend that compassion and frankness to others which then creates a totally different atmosphere than just like self-defense mixed with self-loathing because you're not doing what you compare yourself to and you know it's just like we're this this emotional kind of um madhouse that we find ourselves in the past few centuries right this all boils boils down to um <clears throat> to decisiveness at the end of the day you know um if if we are in full acceptance then we have decided for love one way or the other um Every emotion is love, hatred is uh, <clears throat> rejected love, and so on and so on. So we know that somehow and somewhere. And if we fully accept it, then we're in the state of acceptance that Jonathan was talking about. And in this state, you can look around. In this state, we have the, the power of deceleration. And not only <clears throat> on an individual level, uh, it's through meditation and trance and hypnosis and whatever you want to call it, uh, also, at the same time, uh, Corona is a decelerative virus, and it is so much more informing to look at him that way. So maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Sure. Does anybody have anything they want to say um, before we jump into the uh, that direction? Well, I'd say let's play music first. For sure. Is it the one I picked? Good idea. Indeed. All right. This is a Joe Cocker cover of a Beatles song. Um, I think they're both British men, but it's it's from – in America, we had a show called The Wonder Years. That's how I know about it, ironically, not through the originals. Um, and it's made me think uh, – the, the theme is, you know, with a little help from my friends or whatever, um, that seems to be the case of what multiversity is getting into where it's like if you're kind of in a place of friendliness and openness, a lot can happen. Um, you can even help each other move forward in the reality or whatever. Welcome back to Team Rebuttal Edition 198. Multiversity it is. Wow. Joe Cocker, 
amazing guy. I saw him live, so thank you very much for this. And he gave us uh, uh, good work. Thank you for the wrap-up, that was amazing. And now we're back and we're talking about a little help from our friends. So the the whole aspect of, of weirdness and feeling different from the others, which might uh, lead to the feelings of exclusiveness one way or the other, whether it leads to extreme show off and, and publicity or to, to extreme uh, <clears throat> kind of eremitage in the city. Uh, it's the same, it's the same impulse, uh, <clears throat> being different, feeling different. And uh, our society is at the verge of understanding that difference is not the point, uniqueness is the point. So embracing uniqueness is actually this very thing. And <clears throat> when we're talking about body and soul, then we can further go further. I will just stop here to see what the others have to say. Paul or Jonathan, any thoughts? I'm afraid I'm dumbstruck. Sometimes that's just the flavor of the moment. It's all good. Um, yeah, like don't feel obligated to say anything profound. That's not even what this podcast is all about. Sometimes cool, profound conversations happen. Sometimes we just shoot the shit and laugh about how weird life is. <laughs> um, to stuff. Totally. Yeah. Uh, what about Raphael? What about you? Did you have any um, notion of an extraordinary event that popped up in your meditative mind when you were closing your eyes and and activating the traveler's mindset? Right. So as I mentioned, it's uh, in a sense, partially at least recorded in the Team Rabbit Hole episode with Melissa, which one that is, I'm going to tell you momentarily. So it is episode number 188. Highly recommended just because she's amazingly awesome, which was maybe one of the most, you know, extreme states of consciousness for me. And then also like an apparition um, when when I met her and just, you know, I guess the, let me put it like this, the most pleasantly surprising in a sense or delighting because the, the beautiful thing about this, when you get into, let's call it traveler's mindset or whatever, it is not that these things are completely unexpected. And uh, sometimes you may still be in a sense completely taken off guard, but it's almost like, let's say a positive, some may call it arrogance, some may just call it, you know, knowing who and what you are, recognition of oneself that these things just keep happening once that is the path you've chosen. Okay, I would, uh, may I stop you here? Oh, yeah, because um, you're reflecting on on the process right now. Uh, I would love us to embrace this moment of of the extraordinary. And if you can uh, highlight for us what you experience in that talk, that would be very informing. Right. Yeah. So basically, I was, uh, for lack of more explicit description, in a quite extreme state of consciousness that I don't, let's say, regularly put myself in, going to a party, basically. And uh, maybe first thing that was nice is I was meditating in a bus, and uh, a guy was, I was in San Francisco, and I explained part of it, having a great time there on Hate Street. And I mean, this is the place if you want, like, have the most craziest conversation, meet the craziest people. Hate Street, San Francisco. I'm not sure how it's looking now. A few years ago, it was a good spot. So anyhow, number one in the bus, um, meditating and uh, a guy's looking at me 
and I'm just meditating, looking, you know, everything is colorful. And then he's giving me a small piece of paper and it's written, are you Reiki master? Question mark. And I was laughing at him cool. saying, saying something along the lines of like, you know, everyone's healing themselves, you know, like whatever. And he's like, yeah, I do. I host, he actually said he's hosting Vipassana retreats. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, what's up? So that's that's a good reference. But then the real point was going to the party and, you know, people drinking a lot, me being in a quite a different state and really loud music. One of my favorite labels, Selection, actually played one of the last days I was there, which I really wanted to happen, but I didn't know it would until two days before the party happened, right? So I knew I just had to go and, you know, had to put, you know, all on one uh, chip in that sense or one bet. Um but then I felt kind of uncomfortable there because, you know, energy is like really crazy, all people in their groups. And I have like a backpack with me and, you know, just looking for a place even to sit down or something. Music was good, you know, was dancing a bit. And then I'm looking, basically looking for, how should I say, asylum in a sense, you know, even in the club, wherever you are, you look for like a place where you can chill out or, you know, sit yeah. down, yeah. you know, basic, right? And you look and you, and it was Halloween. That's the other thing, right? Everyone dressed up. Me just dressed normal. But by that time I was started dressing like this. So everyone thought I was dressed up too. Um, <laughs> and I'm just looking around and then I see this one girl and she's clothed uh, because I had been to psychedelic trans festivals and she just looks like straight from there. She looks like she's from straight from Ozora or Boom or something. Yeah. So I just see her. I'm like, oh, this looks good. You know, just like really actually in a sense superficial right but maybe i also sensed her energy so i'm just like okay let's go there and i was like can i put my stuff there and she, they were like yeah sure and then pretty immediately i think she was like hugging me and i was like oh how nice you know like beautiful this is, this is the safe spot and then we were just talking for a bit and as she recounted on the podcast some point we were even meditating together um like sitting and we're just we were talking just a bit and what I know, and maybe that's a cool sync and well, again, unexpected or not, but it syncs with the event. We spoke just a bit, we exchanged contacts, which is why we could do the podcast now too, many years later. But one of the main things she told me about, because we recognized each other's energies and she was like, also very happy that she met me because she felt similarly. Um, but then she talked about the way showers and that's uh, called the way showers manifesto. It's like a, 10 minutes uh, video, just like motivational speech, whatever. It's now quite a few years old, but it's just okay. explaining this idea of having, let's say, an intuitive approach to understanding that, you know, something's not right with the things, how they are built. And we have to, in a sense, you know, trust our intuition, essentially trust our gut feeling and follow our excitement, I would say. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that would be one, let's say, very, uh, exciting and apparition type story that i experienced which had a big impact in a sense i mean it happened all the time when i was traveling but in this moment it was especially uh, nice let's say wow thank you so much this is exactly what excites me because I, when i hear you talking it's so you're so excited that i get excited you know and uh, this this impulse that you had to choose the most positive lively experience, extraordinary experience you can remember is exactly what Jonathan was pointing out with uh, the, his aspect of decisiveness that he was mentioning. So when we do that, um, we are 
we can note our emotions. And when we feel the most excited about something, then we go for it and we follow the excitement. And that was your, your last sentence, your bottom line or your understanding of what happened, you know. And uh, the same was with you when you were talking about uh, being on the mountain and becoming part of the of the whole process of creation. Um, you were so excited, you know, and I could hear it in your voice. And, and I can just um, invite you guys to listen to yourself talking because you are informing yourself so much about the emotional quality of your experience rather than the intellectual quality of it that both together are creating this experience of right here right now yes there's no other place i want to be there is no other thing i want to do because this is the most vital impulse i can experience and i want to experience it now And when I want to, and when I want to take on on this, unless somebody has to say something, then I would add my story in the end. I would love to just point out one thing and then listen to your story. Mm. This excitement that you both shared and the way you expressed it brought me to this memory of a beautiful concept, and that is the wow of the now. Yes. Can you elaborate that? Sure. I think there could be a test on that, a multiversal exam, so to speak, about what is the wow of the now. Tell me now, and if it's wow, then you get a good grade. Tell us, tell us about the, the wow of the now that you experienced for the first time in the multiversity. Yeah, I was just kidding about the exam stuff. Um, the wow of the now, first time, well, you open the door and you're already in the wow of the now, but you don't know that you're in the wow of the now because you first have to um, be there for some philosophical exchange and communication, a conversation, um, in order to recognize that what you are experiencing in the multiversity is actually the wow of the now constantly because there is so many wow factors in this now and to be now here i think if i had to to choose one is it's just i was so overwhelmed when i went into this place for the first time and you gotta imagine for the people that haven't been there yet it's like a art artistic doesn't even do justice to the to the way it is, I think we have to invent a new word that is like super artistic or something. Um, place, because I walked in and there were like so many things. I couldn't even choose what to look at first and everything, if you, you can like zoom in and zoom out and go into detail and there's just one funny sculpture there. And then when you go there and then you you look at this like in an exhibition or something, but there's no glass around because that would kill the curiosity. And so I look at this sculpture of a salad with uh, with toothpicks and, and marshmallows or something like this, and then experience the, the joy or the, the honor to to hear about the the making of these beautiful sculptures 
And yes. Do you remember when we made the the sculpture of the onion and we cut it in half and put it together with the acupuncture needles and then the onion started to grow from the middle out and there was a green branch coming out and the whole uh, onion opened up and the outer layers were drying up towards the middle while the middle was flourishing the rest was uh, <clears throat> dissolving that you can only experience in time that's the interesting thing you know because if you just come in and out you're informed about the process if you discover this you know and then you ask and then you get informed or you see it in the making uh, you are completely differently involved and there's always a momentum because these things are in the process so they have a beginning and an end and there is always an end to an end Yes, I remember this it was a beautiful, beautiful process of experiencing this in time, as you so beautifully put it. It was, it's also about the, I don't know how to explain it even, it's, it's like our language is so limited in a sense and I mean, I can try to elaborate the learnings of the multiversity but with language it's it's difficult it's in more a, a thing that you way, experience yes yes in a way you know um uh the the first example of the mountains was exactly what we what we try to facilitate here in the multiversity so thank you very much for this example it is the 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 notion of co-creation and this is why people keep coming here when they come for the first time or they are are so flabbergasted um that they take this home and that they work with it and they come a year later or something and tell us about what it triggered in them how they redecorated their living room or what they started doing or something like that so if we don't hear from the people we're happy because we know they're they're kind of doing something with it and if we hear from the people then they come because they understood exactly what paul just experienced that um there is no better way, way to experience presence and one's own involvement in the presence as to find anyone or anything where you are co-creating with it's it can be a person it can be a thing it's uh, can be uh, um a, a, a kind of a strategy a play you develop whatever you create um when you see the correspondence of the elements involved we're in the real creative process and whatever you do whether you do taxes or uh, bottles or art it doesn't matter the creative momentum is in everything that we call perception there are wiser farmers than professors on this planet we all know that true story so um I have to admit that when I closed my eyes and, and I tried my own test, it didn't work for me. Um, while the story of the mountains triggered an experience that I had, and I would love to share it with you, unless uh, this triggered something in Jonathan. I think he's away due to technical hitches. Ah. The voice of a child. 
The voice of a child, yes. His child was calling the him. The duty has called. Yeah, yeah, all good. yeah, yeah We'll get Jonathan yeah, yeah. on here some other time. Yeah, um, this is... But it's all like, the... Go ahead with your uh, idea in terms of whatever it triggered for you. Yeah, And then yes. I'm kind of curious after that what the implications of uh, the multiversity are, maybe comparing it to other schools of thought, etc. It's it's a very hands-on approach, you know. Uh, the people come to, to me and... Um, it's as as Paul described. It's the reactions on on everything that is around here. Yesterday, uh, I had a young couple passing by. He looked like a like a Viking god, and she looked like a, a Persian goddess. Beautiful, beautiful children in their mid twenties. I'm sixty. I can call them children. And uh, he comes in. No, he walks by and he says, because my curtain was closed and I was just getting some fresh air, what are you hiding? And I said, I'm hiding nothing. And I opened the window, the, the curtain and said, please come in. And he said, yes, with pleasure. He saw the fire and we talked about fire a little bit and his grandfather. I come to that later. Then he looked around and said, did you do all that yourself? And I said, yes, I should have said mostly. Um, and uh, there was so much, as Paul described, you know, many objects, things that look like art, others don't, you know, and there are all, it's, it's a multiversity of, of things to respond to, including, of course, me as a consciousness, so different, different manifestations of consciousness, I would say, you know, and then um, because of this variety, it is... <clears throat> very rare that we do not have a conversation about something and this is of course the the <clears throat> the experimental lab here so we are we're adding objects to respond to more people um when i was in in advertisement for 12 years i learned a lot about target groups so people have different mindsets they have different uh things they they are working on and and they want to achieve and so on and the 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 underlying values are the most interesting so in advertising we don't talk to people about things we talk to people about the values that they want to have in their lives and if the things can be part of this then it's okay so it's a it's a very democratic operation so how almost like the I... values are the soil and the byproducts are the fruit of that soil yeah totally it's all connected it's all connected man and and so since since we we um we really experience and accept the the, the multi-diversity of human of humanity itself um it is so so interesting to to find new channels to to a new group of people you know that you couldn't have talked to before and and this is how we experience the the applicability of of our thoughts you know so this is why there's nothing to prove this it's a, it's a big experiment you know i'm inviting everybody it's a mindset guys yeah it sounds like multiversity at some level is almost like an interactive adult playground uh, where the inner child is allowed to be free and the cultures haven't been so keen no, on no, that. No, no, age excluded. We are for 0 to 120 <laughs> easily. All right, I guess what I mean by that more is like this is almost a reaction to um, hyper-formalism in education society. Um, this is kind of more of like a, uh, almost like a community garden versus, you know, maybe someone's uh you know whatever a pr production line who makes 
basil or whatever, basil or whatever. So yeah, um, totally, it's it's very dynamic. Um, it is not uh, trying to to counteract anything. It's just coming from within. You know, it's it's uh, feeding on curiosity, and we will see where this is going. If it's specializing, it will specialize. If not, not. You know, it's all open. And maybe just let me say, even the idea of such a place existing, I mean, real recognize real, but technically speaking, such places where any kind of, you know, let's say, just to say some words now, artists, teachers, mystics, whatever, people that share experience or storytellers, whatever, that actually should generally be accessible, you know, around the fire every evening. So <clears throat> I just want to say that, at least for me, because it's not, you know, we're not talking about there is no institution here. This is nothing formalized. This is nothing that has, uh, you know, chapters or branches or anything. It's an, mainly an idea and it's something that is about individual application. But at the same time, to varying degrees, people are doing this anyhow. It's just that now what's more common is maybe go to the club, get drunk or whatever, or some other activities rather than, oh, <clears throat> let's meet and engage with each other, you know, in the now moment through art in the philosophical sense or whatever, which at least to me is the way I roll anyhow. I just want to point out that there is a great lack of these structures, especially in a non-institutionalized and then again formalized and essentially dead way, you know, same with almost all of art, uh, science, uh, teaching, yeah. You you will see always something in the direction you look. Um, I suggest you you change uh, your the direction you look at, and you will find things that will inspire you rather than things that you find uh, uh, yeah not good enough. Yeah, there they are out there. So I I can only tell you please please look around. So is Multiversity a nonprofit, or how is this functioning in terms of the um you know getting yeah, into yeah. culture yeah multiversity is based on appreciation uh we had this lovely conversation hosted by rafael a few weeks ago about appreciation and um <clears throat> it is it is it was not possible to draw a bottom line because it's a, a very wild field while um the 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 Curious thing about this is that the appreciation is happening on a on a on a, a level of spiritual consciousness or spiritual intelligence. So um, we embrace these conversations here to see where the interest lies. So it, does it lie on the on the material level of achieving material independence? Does it lie on the level of achieving emotional independence? And that's mostly the case then in our kind of uh, um, elaborate society at the state of the art it is with our rooms for improvement where we start getting creative and then whatever anybody is into um, how can you um, kind of develop further what is there you know that comes the basis is acceptance as as we all know and then comes with curiosity i mean you are into use you know the the way we see the world is changing and the 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 ways we we speak justice are changing accordingly as our uh, caretaking capabilities changing because the more we take care of our people 
and more and more people do that beyond family, uh, the more we want to be in part of this, you know, and when we approach the material independence through um, the uh, unconditional income, basic income, we don't have to be with anybody for material monetary reasons anymore if we uh, just to feel that we have the basics covered. And from this point of view, we can achieve true emotional independence, right? So from there, we, we um, <clears throat> elevate to spiritual intelligence and uh, <clears throat> achieving spiritual independence as well. And here we're talking about self-bewertung, uh, uh, self, um, Jonathan, wie sagt man? Also, Jonathan is not self-evaluation, yeah? Um, so if you if you Google spiritual intelligence on on Wikipedia, you will find quickly that there 2013 the investigation of the of the investigative structure started and three teams came up independently with a catalog of questionnaire for self to uh, to uh, to access and evaluate one's own spiritual intelligence, you know. So this is where you are talking to yourself, and this is the most important point. This is where where it's all going. Whatever we're doing, it's about um, talking to this um, higher self and also to the understanding of the ha harmony in between body and soul. They are here on this planet together, and this brings me to my experience that was triggered by, by your mountain experience. A friend of mine took me uh, to the mountains and we wanted to um, partake in the in the late afternoon in in a, a, a celebration of the birthday of our best friend while he was on in the other valley in the neighboring valley so my friend said okay <clears throat> we're walking over there we're hiking over there and we're hiking a few peaks i said fine okay i didn't know at that time that he was a professional mountain guide so I was completely out of breath halfway up the first mountain. I was hyperventilating. I was sweating like a pig and I felt like I will, I'm going to die, you know? So while we were walking, uh, we made it to the first peak and the outlook was, as you described, it's amazing. Uh, at the same moment you discover something, you also understand that the discovery itself is a creation, you know? So I saw the the plates of africa uh, separated from from the plates of europe and there is a little fragment that is that was kind of that is frozen in time and in space in in this very mountain part yeah so i was amazed with this information i saw time it was amazing so we were climbing these mountain peaks and at the end, it turned out it was five, six, or seven. I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> Maybe it was even eight. Doesn't matter. Um, when you are walking the peak, you have a very interesting sensation, which is that you can see both valleys at the same time. And this is the only point of view where you can do that. For me, talking now, it is about the inseparability of body and soul. Um, and through that, I felt so much oneness in this whole experience and encounter. So we walk up to the third peak, yeah? And I'm very lively and I'm enjoying it. And there's no sweating, no hyperventilating. And no, I'm going to die. I'm, I feel so much alive. I think, wow, this is just amazing, man. And now my friend 
comes to the peak number three and looks down and it's very rocky and quite steep. So he climbs down a little bit and then he looks up at me and I says, I think it's okay. Do you want to do it? I look down and I say, yes. So um, I look for a crack for my foot and I find one on the left side, a little bit lower, not too deep. So I put my foot very carefully there and just give it more weight just to see whether this crack is really holding because I love the mountain. I'm not stupid. I don't want to kill myself. Huh? So this, this mountain is holding me. And, and now I put all my weight there and now I'm standing on the crack and I say, shit, and now I have to look around. Now I have to find a place for my hand to hold on to, you know? And I look around and the mountain is offering me not one, at least 12 places to put my hand in. He says, knock yourself out, you know? So I start climbing down there and it was a dance, man. It was a 20 minute dance down this mountain. So my friend is down there and watches me and sees me coming. And he says, do you know that on this decline, you could have died at least four times. If you would have fallen in certain places, there would have been no way your body would have survived that. And I said, I had no notion at any time of this. I felt so much alive that if that would have happened, it would have been totally okay. You know, and this is what I call the wow of the now, this extreme liveliness, this 100% commitment that there is no question that anything could be different from what it is because you are so much a part of that. And this is where I think that we, we should live, you know? This is where we should help each other to, to get on a, on a permanent base. Paul, you've been awfully quiet. Any thoughts? Um, not at the moment. So, okay, go ahead. I was just amazed by the storytelling and the mountains. I, I felt like the mountains are calling me. I, I kind of rambled off into this imaginary realm where I go hiking a mountain. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean... <clears throat> I do that in summer and in winter I, I feel a little bit less safe. It's also wonderful when, when you, when you get to the peak with the, with the uh, lifts and then you walk around there. It's amazing. The, the snow can create wonders up there. The snow is beautiful. I want to go to a mountain with my fire equipment and do a fire show in the snow and ah, film it. You. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for reminding me because um, uh, we were talking before about this, uh, this momentum being at home and applying this kind of uh, inspiration to, to one's everyday life, not in the environment of the multiversity, also anywhere else, just taking this mindset with you, you know? And right now at this time, it's, it's really the fire that is bringing people together and that I enjoy so much since two weeks, I'm only making fire. I'm super crazy about it because these fire spirits are knocking my, my, me out. It's amazing. There's, it's everything in there. Anyways, this is my weirdness that I'm sharing with you lucky, uh, happily. And, uh, the point is that. When we sit together in our living rooms <clears throat> and we have the chance to entertain our minds and just switch into the mode of, let's consider this to be a multiversal playroom, 
you know? So we sit there and we entertain the mind and we say, okay, the body is here, we know that, and we checked our bodies, everybody's okay, and so on and so on. Everybody has to drink and to smoke and to eat, and, and we're all happy and we relax. And now it's time to entertain the mind. And now, from now on, we don't take anything personal that is said, because there is no persona anymore in the mind. The mind can go anywhere and invent anything. And we just follow each other. And this is... This is the experience of the multiversal playroom that anybody can apply at home, you know? That's the beauty of an idea that it's not limited to time and space or to a person or to, to anything really. It's just an idea. Yeah, it's a, it's a toolbox, you know? It's a mindset that, that we can initiate. And whoever is interested um, is very welcome to write an email to multiversity1 at gmail.com uh, where we, where I will I will collect all all the questions or interest and and will respond in time very with with absolute pleasure the one is a a one as in a number or spelled out it is spelled out multiversity one all spelled out all little letters so is the model that you're doing something to the effect of where you're a curator of 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 a community in a sense and you help display like a curation of what contributions are from people um i remember last time we talked paul was talking about how he was doing donation based um wood carvings i think it was um yeah right so the the <clears throat> the appreciation is what we happily accept you know whatever it is i mean somebody brings uh, a, a box with tea somebody brings potatoes somebody um leaves money somebody just hugs i mean come on this is all appreciation um and for now we are uh, very curious and and also very <clears throat> able to sustain this experiment to see what's coming out of it. And for now, it's very rewarding, you know? That's cool that you have the ability to sustain um, such a um, kind of uh, exploratory model, I guess is the best way to put it. Yes, um, yes. So uh, how, I mean, do you think of it as a community center? Or like, how do you apprehend it in your own mind? I, I get that there's like, creatively speaking, anything can kind of happen. Um, do you have like, you know, artists that are like residents? Um, that's kind of what I meant with the curation. It was like, are you guiding like an aesthetic and being like, this month we're doing things with plants, or is it just like anything goes? How do no, you organize this? No, um, it's this is my <clears throat> this momentum that I create here comes out of everyday living. This uh, idea of the multiversal playroom and observation, you know. Um, so there are many examples here. Whoever comes will operate at home mostly and uh, and bring his findings, make photos of the objects he makes or whatever, or bring the objects and we talk about it. So uh, it's it's here. It's an impulse center, yeah. An impulse center. It sounds like a good way to be in a community. I think that's what's been lacking. A lot of uh, structures and segregation of people just digitally, people, you know, living their lives, walking to work, doing work, walking home. Um, 
you know, doing their thing, kind of isolating, isolating. I think this is kind of a natural reaction to that and having that. I mean, it's it's obviously springing up from a desire from a lot of people for a need that they didn't have being fulfilled in that sense. Yeah, yeah and it's all about operability, you know. Um, this is, uh, you, you, you shop for anywhere. You don't shop for home. You don't shop for the road. You don't shop for tomorrow. You don't shop for yesterday. You shop for here, now, and for anywhere. So that's why it's an impulse center. You take it home and you work with it, you know, and you come back and, and you, you get a feedback. Yeah. So what are some of the projects that have stood out most to you? Like Paul was saying what he had done or Paul, what have you done uh, in the center that has stuck out as something that's, uh, it, what was the, project or you know creative impulse how did how did you work it how did it stick with you what were the pros and cons of the experiment or and experience etc did that make sense i'm sorry i just uh, answered a question a private message can you repeat the question please multitasking win paul um so i'm curious in either I, I wouldn't have done this but it was actually inside of the mumble client so i i kind of felt that it was for now and i'm i'm deeply apologizing i don't give a shit that's cool i don't give a shit i don't give a shit either it's just like oh you gave a wonderful explanation courtesy. it was in the now and this is why it's this explains all thank you so uh, my kind of curiosity is either Andi or Paul, what projects have stood out to you that you've done or creative impulses? Um, having a rabbit around is cool. I don't know if that's an example of a creative impulse. Um, I would say I would certainly say. is, but maybe just to bring up one thing, Andi, and you may just want to briefly share this. I mean, this and technically, eventually, it should be put on tape too, but maybe you want to mention about the collective unconscious, for example, because that's like a you know great example, I think, and very yeah exciting yeah, yeah, or totally. action exactly. oriented that's as exactly, well. Exactly what I was thinking about. Thank you, Raphael. This is super confirmation. Um, we started the investigation of the collective mind two years ago, um, visiting about 12 to 15 festivals, I think about 15 festivals in the last two years from 250 to, to 35,000 people. So it was like um, Hütten Festival 250 and Ozora, I think the maximum. They say up to 70,000 and this time because it was raining, let's say 25 to 35,000 people. Yeah, And we were asking the people about um, perceptions of of uh, virtues in everyday life uh, we called it qualities then and and just made an uh, gave a short impulse with a question to to share thoughts and experiences and ideas i believe i understand i forgive i surrender i love i decide i enhance these were just a few examples of in the in beginning with uh, I think twelve different questions and we ended up with sixty two. So the variety was growing without anybody feeling overwhelmed. There was just more choices, you know, to respond to in the beginning. Some people were writing then through through the whole portfolio in the beginning. The sixty two I think nobody ever made, uh, which is also not 
really not necessary uh, because it's all based on impulse. We want to give as many impulses to respond. And so I think we, we managed to cover a wide range of, of emotions and thoughts that were responding to the people. So we had lots, 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 lots of comments. And um, then Oji, who is very much involved in this, and I were deciding to record all these comments with full conviction, no matter if somebody would say, I love to burn hippies, or just saying brouhaha, it was the same importance. So we made these tapes and uh, the recordings could be heard in the next installations on the following festivals in a um, transparent um, inflatable see-through bubble which was three meters in diameter and had a had a very special specific acoustic. So you could talk to yourself when you would stand in the middle middle um, and you would hear yourself within your head. So you would understand that um, you always talk to yourself in a way, you know, and uh, you could also listen to all these comments and outside of this uh, acoustic um, cocoon, I would say, and, and visual complete integration into the, your environment, you would have the chance to to uh, write your own comments, which would be recorded then for the next session. And so we, we had um, two years of uh, doing that, two seasons of festivals. And um, it's this is a, a, a kind of a strategy that is ongoing because we were also doing a little corona investigation and uh, we we plan to scale these things up. So the, this investigation for the collective mind will go online as soon as we do our website. For now, we just have the email address that I said, multiversity1 at gmail.com. And then later on, uh, we will probably start with a Facebook page to communicate these things and then branch it out and have an interactive space where um, the the, the uh, self-experiences of the human virtues will be worldwide and in real time. That's the goal for this project. So it scales from a very individual impulse, what shall I do on a festival, uh, to um, let's ask everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add to that because you beautifully asked this question, what to do in a festival. And now that you mentioned the investigations, I had the pleasure of also participating in these investigations. And the question, what to do in a festival is, is really interesting question to me because I remembered, or just now this memory came up and I remember, um, working free jobs, free unpaid jobs in one festival at the same time, so to speak. I didn't consider it jobs, actually. I just, I would call it just being there. And so I was simultaneously being present at the water bar and supplying the people with, with water to drink, pure water. And presenting our wooden 12 times 12 symbols and also and this is now the point that I want to go more into um, also the investigations of the collective mind and is one of the most brilliant truly most brilliant projects that I ever had the honor of well participating or 
working for. And, and it's I, an I, ongoing project, so um, there is a lot to do for the future, and I'm happy to, to, to count you in if you want to partake in the programming or whatever it takes. I would love to, absolutely. This is, I now realize more and more to, to choose consciously which projects to work on and not to overload myself with, with work, so to speak. But this is something that I will free up resources for sure because I love the investigations and it's, it's just so interesting that it's every individual on this beach floor reacted differently to it because we had these tables and then the storm broke one table actually i'm i'm sorry i but we already figured that out yeah um exactly <laughs> and so i had these tables set up and there were these beautiful um printed papers with i don't know did you already uh elaborate how the investigations work in practice or just in theory, as I re recall, yeah. So in practice, we put it on the table. And oh, we had a whole year of experience already when you tuned in. Yeah, sure, sure. I just wanted to know if you already mentioned how this practically works on this podcast to the audience. Ah, describe it in your own words. Um, I think it's informing, yeah. Okay, thank you. So um, we put out these um, pieces of paper that had columns to write on with I give, I receive, I love. And then there is these empty spaces to fill in. And so it's getting a an impression of the collective mind, so to speak, through every individual contributing whatever they feel like writing. And um, I think you already explained this pretty well on a theoretical standpoint just in practice for me how I experienced it it was to put these papers there and then there's also like elements come into play because there is the wind going and you have to put the stones on the on the on the paper so it doesn't fly away and then the beach comes and and the water the waves of the sea and and all the elements um yes. also co contribute in a in a way in a sense to this and for me, it was also really funny because it's at a certain point, it was so self-explanatory, like everything, all these, these projects that I consider, um, I don't want to sound arrogant, but from a nowadays standpoint, I would say that the projects that I consider worthy of my time, like the investigations and well, the water bar or the 12 times 12 project, they're all in a sense self-explanatory. So, right. And that also gave me the possibility to do this simultaneously is because all of these projects could theoretically work without me being there all the time. Of course, I have to set it up and I have to carry the tables and, and everything. But once it's set up, it's pretty self-explanatory and the people can just come and write and leave the the pencils there and it's also a game of trust in a sense where um it was kind of a learning curve to trust the people more and to to see that well 
they're mostly good people and the collective is taking care of projects that are in favor of the collective. So when I'm there right. at the beach floor and I don't have to take care of it all the time, I can go to the toilet or I can even go dancing for half an hour to kind of uh, get more energy for the following hours. And I don't have to worry about, oh, what if somebody steals a pen? Or what if somebody uh, takes all of my wooden symbols or something? Because the people just wouldn't do that. And maybe if there is like 300 people dancing and there is one who would steal a pen, there is 299 pairs of eyes. And the beauty of working in projects that are favoring the collective is that you don't always have to have your own pair of eyes on everything. Right, it's also collective responsibility. And this works very well on the festivals. That's why I was I was so happy about having a place to start there. And what you described, when you look at these papers, there's one comment is following the other and everybody who takes a paper reads what the other has written before. So even if the person is not there, the, the spirit of the person before informs the next one. And this is already a spiritual state of mind where the, the mind is answering to the mind before and not the body is not involved in this. So it's, a, it's really a, a meditation in a way yeah? and it works. Yes, it does. Well, gentlemen, um, we're about out of time. We have another episode after this, I guess. Uh, thanks for both coming on and kind of clarifying more about what multiversity is, the kind of principles, goals, um, philosophy behind it and stuff. Uh, are there any kind of parting thoughts uh, from either of y'all? Well, um, I hope that, I mean, I'm very grateful for this conversation. It helped me to clarify many aspects and articulate things more clearly than I uh, could have ever done before. So for me, this was a, a one-hour conversation. No question about that. So thank you all you guys very much. We we all did it together. For me, it, it is a get another little rise in consciousness. And I hope that we had some listeners and whoever is interested to find out more, please send me an email to multiversity one at gmail.com, all in letters, all small letters. And uh, we will talk about your oneness. Thank you. Awesome. Paul? Nothing to add to that. Just want to thank you all for this beautiful opportunity. And, well, I hope that and I will be able to resolve all the emails in time <laughs> we were listening to each other very closely and uh, we answered each other's email just in this conversation so what else is going to come uh, I, didn't, I didn't mean that I meant that you will get a, such a incredible not our email contact I meant that you will receive so many emails after this show that uh, I hope that you will be able to finish answering all them in time 
I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for this uh, incredible appreciation of this approach. And, and I consider you as a, a very strong and vital supporter of this whole idea. And I'm very happy that you initiated these conversations because they give me so much opportunity to elaborate all this, what we're working on. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Well, thanks to the both of you further up and further in, as we like to say, say thank you so much for participating. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Jim? Jim? Be the change. It's that simple. They saw, saw a need, they had an excitement, they went for it, and it's working in a city like Vienna, it can work anywhere. Right. I totally agree. This can, this can um, branch out exponentially at any time. It's, the thought can travel faster than light speed. We know that already. Uh, so thank you guys very much for hosting this whole thing. Team Rabbit Hole, you guys are awesome. And um, my rabbit can't wait to, to meet you. So come here and take your time because he takes his time to come out and check you out. Okay. Hope to yeah, see you pet, soon. Pet joy for in person. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy yourselves.